say that every single time I, love, I can't like, help it it's like the intro the intro is you want to keep riding it a little bit longer I, I or know. no no i should just buy you that whole song so you i would just, like the whole song so i can just play it in the car while i'm driving to work and stuff That'd yeah awesome. that would be nice right that would right? be nice right, right. yeah Hello, Soul Questers. Thanks so much for joining us for yet another episode of a Soul's Quest podcast. We have an exciting episode this time around. I'm Jesse, your host. This is Omar, my co-host. Hello, and everybody. Our special guest, Jarrell Mayweather. <laughs> <laughs> What's there we up, go. Everybody? We got it. We got it. Or should we be calling you Jerry? For for Jacob's sake, let's call it. Let's for, do it, Jerry. For Jake's no, sake. no, no, no. Forget, forget our producer, Jake, on no, this no, one. No. no, no, no. He's not it's, the boss of the interview. No, he. It's it not. could be Jarrell, Jerry, whatever you guys. Like. We're gonna I'm, go I'm with okay. Jarrell. We'll go with Jarrell. <laughs> we go like with Jarrell. Jarrell. We like Jarrell. <laughs> nah, so, <laughs> so welcome. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Good. We're we're happy to have you here. We we appreciate it. It's yeah. like an honor to have you here. Actually. Well, no, no. No, the it honor is. should be mine. Aw. I'm I'm very excited. Good. This is this is something new. I've never did it before. So it's kind of like whoa this is, this is a whole new experience but you know what experience. omar says there's a there's a phrase that omar likes to say when he takes people on these new he likes to pop cherries hey oh. wait a minute why you had to go there oh it's mm-hmm. that's a little bit too r-rated i mean that's not an r-rated <laughs> show jesse but that's what he likes to do he likes to take people on these new uh New adventures, adventures, new experiences, okay. new experiences. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, it okay. is. so it's an experience for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. And, awesome. and you have a very, very interesting quest, and, a, yes. and, a, and I hope a, I do. I'm not you, you know. do. Hope, Everybody does. Hope not. <laughs> it is. Everybody has an interesting quest. Well, it is you. an interesting quest. And thank so, you, without further ado, let's get to let's it. Get let's started. get it. <laughs> yeah, let's get to it. Okay, so I'm gonna get into it. Let's okay, tell me about yourself. Where were you born? So I Where was born from? in Florida, from from uh, Rivera Beach, Florida. Oh, oh West Palm okay. Beach, West Palm, okay. Rivera, Rovira. Nice, Rovira. Why is it that they call it Rovira? For um, those people that don't know, so Rivera Beach, when I was growing up and when my dad was an upbringing, he told me about the stories of you know just the violence of yeah. that community, and no matter what street you were on, you had to represent your block and you had to stay with your block mm-hmm. could not you know venture out and be in a different neighborhood and just say hey what's up man like no really? that's not how it works you oh, know really? oh. and even though you wasn't a gang affiliated it's just how it's brought up over there mm-hmm. and that's how it was back in the day i'm sure it's changed but since i left but it's still pretty rough it's still actually pretty rough. my brother um lived in riviera beach for a little while there and yeah. there was some shootings and not that that doesn't happen in other areas of course but yeah it was pretty yeah, and yeah. Then, like like now, my my grandparents still live in the same house that I remember growing up in, and really? wow. it's it's like it, the neighborhood hasn't changed as much, but it's still the same violence, you know. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. it is kind of sad, but I'm glad I got out of that situation. Yeah. Okay. And, and how old were you um, when you um, uh, left Riviera Beach? So I was always in Riviera Beach, so okay. it's never I never really say I left. It was more of I lived in Green Acres, but I was always still in Rivera Beach. Okay. So it was always still back and forth. You either staying at grandma's house yeah. for a little bit or you're staying, you know, at my parents' house. Yeah. And it was just mm-hmm. back and forth. And they lived in Green Acres, which mm-hmm. is sort of like Lake Worth. Lake Worth, yeah. Um, where, is that where you went to like 
so you went to elementary, middle school? No, okay. I went to elementary. So first of all, I started off at uh, George Washington Sharks Elementary School or mm-hmm. George Washington Elementary School mm-hmm. in River Beach. Okay. And then I went to a private like Catholic school or something like that. Okay. Uh, transferred to um, multiple schools in Palm Beach. And then my middle school years, I spent like one and a half years at... Uh, what is it called now? Palm Springs Elementary. It used to be called Jefferson. Uh, Palm Springs Middle School. It used to be called Jefferson Middle Jefferson, School. Jefferson, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and I then that. I came up here and I was, I've been up here ever since for like, I believe about 13 years now. Okay. Wow. So it's, 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 I got used to the area now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And what was home life like when you well, were home younger? Life, so, when my, obviously, well, not obviously, my mom, she wasn't a uh, a worker due to her illness. She had lupus. So mm-hmm. my dad was always the one that brought home, you know, the goods, the, mm-hmm. the financial stability for the for the family. And um, no matter what, you know, he was always working, always 24. Uh, it felt like 24-7 because of how early he went to work and then how late he would come back to work. Yeah. And he worked for Cisco at the time. Oh, okay. So it was a great company. Um, and treated him re- very nicely until, you know, the pandemic, not the pandemic, the, uh, the recession hit. Oh, the recession, 2008. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then once that hit, it, it kind of took everyone back. And then he had to reevaluate his life and kind of said, you know, hey, I think I'm going to start my own business. Mm-hmm. And oh. from that point, it was good. But home life, even with that, it was amazing. My dad was always there. My parents were always there. And the, the love was always there. You know, it may have been hard sometimes, but I think that's what a, know parenting is what What do you mean hard so you know as kids you know we, we get in trouble <laughs> and you know beatings and things like that will come mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. that but yeah. i also respected that because i think to at least in my my life that's what helped me grow yeah because yeah. it it taught me right from wrong you know and if you know i got out of line my dad could just look at me and be like that's not gonna happen right you, know? mm-hmm. you need the look I, yeah the looks <laughs> like all the parents got the look come on man. like yeah <laughs> yeah and it was just it was just one of those things and i i back looking back on it now is i'm very thankful for that because i, I see it nowadays i'm not trying to judge anyone else's but it's like, mm, like yeah. That, yeah. Didn't, that didn't fly in my household correct you know? correct yeah so but mom mom was amazing she was always home cooked all the time really took care of the family when my dad wasn't around and we also had the extended family, which I do miss because back, living back in Palm Beach, we was always near family. Yeah. Always. So up here, it's it's a little different um, not having every single family member there. Yeah. You know. Now, is most of your family in West Palm Beach now or just So like it's, it's split up. Okay. So I have my grandparents and, you know, like certain uncles and aunts okay. down there. and But I have like my, my dad's, you know, sister and well that my dad's uh two sisters up here with their um children and you know that's who i really much pretty much grew up around here with right so right. really didn't have like my my uncles you know nieces and nephews mm-hmm. or not nieces and nephews but cousins and stuff like that around so it was just like right. i kind of do miss them you know like yeah. Yeah. you don't see them all the time where i see them like my cousins up here all the time so right. it's just different you know but overall my upbringing was amazing i, I wouldn't change it even it, even if financials or anything like that came into a play, I, I don't think I would change the way I, I grew up because it made me who I am now. Yeah. Yeah. So, Can I ask you a question? Um, you mentioned that your mom has lupus. Mm-hmm. We're familiar with that because mm-hmm. we have a family member who also has that. Yeah. Two family members, yes. And um, we're not we're not always there to see the daily yeah. Um, yeah. 
it's, you know, issues that are, they have to go through all the, mm-hmm. the, the, how was that for you so watching your mom? It's, it's crazy when I think about it because I didn't notice it until I got into high school, mm. but my mom's had lupus, I think for the past 18, 19 years. Mm. Wow. And I didn't know about it, uh, like I said, until high school. I think it was my f- sophomore year. I remember her telling me something about lupus, and I was like, "What is what is that? Like, right. I've never heard something like that before. Never heard a disease like that before." Right. So she told me about. Well, she didn't really tell me about. It. I did my own research and just figured out, like, "Oh, this is what this is." Mm-hmm. And if you don't know what lupus is, it's an autoimmune disease. Pretty much, uh, if you think about a really bad flu or not to compare it to, but if you think about AIDS, AIDS is an autoimmune deficiency. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you don't have the the fighting capability to fight off most illnesses. So it affects your immune system. Yeah. Is what that is. So and then your ability to actually defend against correct. diseases or... Yeah, so like a common flu, yeah. if, if you get it, it can be oh, devastating to you. Yeah, correct. You know, or yeah. just anything. You yeah. know, you have to be very careful what you do. And I didn't know about that until I was younger, or until I was older. Right. So... Now seeing my mom growing up with that, you know, always seeing her taking all these different pills, you know, prednisone, all these different steroids, mm-hmm. blood pressure medication. It's like, whoa. And yeah. then on top of that, my sister developed that. And when she was going to uh, FIU in college, mm. you know, she was she pretty much got stressed out, overstressed. And her body just pretty much failed when you think about it. Wow. And it affected her in a way that it, it's it's devastating. You know, she had to do, um, dialysis wow. and, you know, kidney transplants. She just had her second one and this one's successful now. Okay. So it's a, it's a devastating disease. It's one that if, when I was younger, I was thinking, Hey, you know, if I, if I go into medicine, I would love to study or and study lupus and yeah. try to make something better of it. Right. Cause I don't want anyone else to go through that. Yeah. You know, it's, you're watching them suffer and yes. go through these ailments. You yeah, know, it's tough. watch them just, it, it it just sucks. Yeah, you know? of course. And how do, how do you feel being powerless to do anything? It it sucks because I want to be there for my mom, mm-hmm. and I sometimes I can't. You know, she comes for me for the answers, and it's I don't know. I I can't. Yes, I'm in medical field, but I do not know the answer to this to your problems right now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she, at one point in time, she was always asking me like, should I even go to the doctors? Like, yes, because I think they can help you. Mm-hmm. But no, because you might get the same answer back again. Yeah. And it just sucks. You know, yeah, sometimes I, I it's like a, a letdown when you yeah. go to the doctor. <laughs> you know, she. I remember we went to the rheumatologist one time and, you know, we're talking to her and the rheumatologist was like, you're not taking the medications correctly. And I was like, oh, come on. Like my mom does. My mom doesn't want to have this illness. She wants Correct. to live her life, right. and, yeah. you know, and help out my dad, you know, yeah. as much as possible. And she can't, you know, yeah. just that. Um powerless feeling for her it sucks watching that it's draining watching her you know try to do something it's like man i can't even help her yeah there's nothing i can do so that must have affected you more just kind of mentally then yeah just to watch that and feel powerless Mm -hmm. and helpless i wanted to do more and not being able to do more it it sucked and that's why i kind of dove into the medical field trying to figure out what i can do to either help someone else who's in that same predicament Mm -hmm. or any other you know ailment yeah no you mentioned that your dad earlier um has been the provider kind of like the backbone of the family Mm -hmm. how is your relationship with him and how is it that that he deals 
with your mom? Because obviously there's a lot of love there. Of course. Yeah. So my dad is like, how can I explain? So in the beginning when I was growing up, I considered him the tyrant, but he was the good tyrant. Mm -hmm. You know, the one that set the rules. If you disobey the rules, this is the consequences, you know. As I got older, I, I promise you, as soon as I turned 18, it was like a flip of a switch. It, mm. was, it was done. He was like, oh, okay, you're 18. I, I'm going to let the let the, uh, the reins loose a little bit more, and mm -hmm. we're going to have some fun. Oh, yeah. nice. And I was like, oh, okay, so this is what it's like to have fun with your dad, like really have fun. Mm. And I can talk to my dad about any any situation. I can come to him for any problem, and it's amazing. Now, when it comes to my mom, my dad is affected by it. Mm -hmm. He doesn't like to show it because he he considers himself a not a thug, but like he's a strong. G. Yeah, he's a G. Like, <laughs> yeah. he, he's like, nah, man, I'm we we gonna thug this one out. You yeah, know what I mean? and yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. gonna show anyone. I'm not gonna tell anyone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I have to kind of almost pry it out of out of him just to say like, how are you feeling? Like, come on, please tell me how are you feeling because I know when my mom's in the hospital, that's the only thing he's thinking about. He yeah. doesn't tell anyone, right? But that's what he's thinking about, mm -hmm. For sure. and it's like please talk to me we can we can you know work this out you know talk get it off your chest because if you let it sit in it's going to destroy you yeah and he does that a lot so i don't want him to go through that and you know let's just say not trying to put this bad bad omen on my mother but let's just say it does progress a little bit worse if he keeps it in you know things can happen like that yeah. I, I don't want him to you know progress even Mm -hmm. I feel yeah. that he's by himself through yeah. this fight. Yeah, yeah, that's, so that's that the must, correct word I wanted. Mm -hmm. That must have been difficult then when you were younger because you were seeing this guy, right? Yeah. That you, you think that he's I thought got he was it handled. Yeah. yeah, he's good. To know now more as an adult that he was really going yeah. through it, that he suffered as well. Oh, of course, you know what I mean. Yeah. But he is suffering. That he as just well. continues yeah. to, yeah. yeah, all the time. And it's like I said back then, you know. Yeah, naive little kid just having fun in life thinking everything's all gravy yeah. you know my mom's just a stay at home mom because he wanted to but right. she really couldn't. Uh, couldn't she couldn't work yeah, right. she went she went to work and got too stressed out she's back in the hospital you know it every time she's back in the hospital every time she gets stressed out about something just that white blood cell count just comes right back yeah. down. Wow. and it's like well this is this is what we have to deal with you know and it's all up to my dad yeah so but that says a lot about your dad as a man yeah. taking responsibility and taking love to an actual step you know yes. i mean we all we think of love as just this beautiful butterflies yeah, and stuff yeah but that's really you know to think through through uh, better and worse yes. and, and things of that nature mm -hmm. and that take that's very commendable yeah and i thank him every, every time for that because i mean i'm i'm not gonna lie he he could have he could have went on and did anything else he wanted to do he could have left my mom he could have did anything but mm -hmm. he chose to stay in and really stick it out for us i yeah. remember this is obviously not saying it's personal, but I remember one time when I was a kid, my parents got divorced for like six months, maybe a year. Mm -hmm. I was I was little, but my dad was like, "You were so persistent about coming. Like, you need to get back with mom." Like, I was Aww. I don't know how old I was. Probably <laughs> might be like ten. He was like, "You need to get back." I was like, "You need to get back with with mom." Well, that's you need interesting. To. And he was like, "You know what? I do." And <laughs> at, from that point on, he was like. I, I've always listened to you from that point. He's like, I'm coming back. I'm staying. So that's I was like, that's, that's Thank you, Dad. Yeah. So, so you got a, you got the power of persuasion. Huh? A little bit. I uh, mean, at least for him. You know? At least for him. Yeah. <laughs> I think in other ways too, probably. Yeah, I, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so then you were basically so you you experienced that, mm -hmm. and that's that's a big deal right yeah. there in and of itself. I mean, that's a lot of pressure for a 
child mm-hmm. and the fact that your parents were able to sort of keep that from you in, in, in some ways yes. that it didn't affect your, your growth or, you know, going to school and your activities. And well, I wouldn't say it, it did affect me. I actually in, in sports and in school sometimes, because okay. when I went to, when I was in high school, remember there was a point in time where my mother just went to the hospital randomly and I had no idea. And this is the time when I started to figure out that she had lupus mm-hmm. and my my dad was like hey your mom's in the hospital and i was like why is she in the hospital and, and he kind of told her she's not feeling ill you know blase 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 mm-hmm. and um i came to the realization that what if you know it's the end for my mother i was i was going through it i was scared nervous i, I didn't know what to think of you know to help my mom or even help my dad yeah mm-hmm. you know my dad wasn't the thing, wasn't my, my issue. I was focused on, I was my more my mother, obviously, because she was in the hospital, but I just had no idea what to do. Yeah. You know, you feel powerless, like mm-hmm. you said. Mm-hmm. And I, I just broke down. I was like, I, I don't think I should be doing football right now if my mom's in the hospital or yeah. worrying about my grades. You know, I, I, I was so worried just for her. So yeah, yeah I could see that. Things, see how things just dropped from that point, but it, it came back up. So what, 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 uh, what obstacles did that present? So you, you mentioned that you we were playing football. Yep. How, how did that affect your, your, your football playing? How did that affect your, your, so affect your academics? At that point, I did not want to play okay. obviously because you're, I'm thinking about my mom, mm-hmm. my grades. I didn't even want to do homework. And nonetheless, I, I just didn't want to, I didn't want to go to school. I didn't want to be around anyone. I wanted to go and be next to my mom mm-hmm. because I'm my mom confides in me and I confide in her. Mm. So if she needs something, I try to provide it as best as I can. If if it's possible, if I can't do it, then that's my dad. Like, yeah, right. talk to the homie over there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, if if anything else is, I try to always help her. Try to be there. Mm-hmm. You know. Obviously, you know, she may get on your nerves sometimes, but that's that's any <laughs> anyone. That's parent. Yeah. yeah. So, but and I, the, I love that woman, you know, she's my yeah, mom. Of course. Do you have someone to go to and break down to besides your parents at that moment? Um, obviously at you that did. moment, I just told my coach, I forgot what is, we called him coach Hollywood at, at, uh, at, um, <laughs> TC at <laughs> treasure coast. And he was just wild, but he was my linebacker coach because I played linebacker fullback, plenty mm-hmm. of different positions there. And he was like, Hey, you know, what's going on? You know? And I told him, he was like, you need to go home. I was mm. like, you think so? He's like, you shouldn't even be at practice right now. Yeah. You need okay. to go. He could probably see that it was affecting you. Yeah, because I just. Even if you were trying not to let it yeah, affect. Yeah, I, I was. I just didn't care. Like, I was yeah. like, I, why am I here? Yeah. You know, your sense of purpose, I guess, is came to full circle right there. I was like, why am I here? Yeah. Like, I, I should not be practicing. Mm-hmm. Yes, it did affect possibly my football career. But at that moment in time, I did not care. Mm-hmm. That's my mom. So. And at this time, what was what was your objective career-wise? Went into so, be a football player. Well, yeah, you know, I'll, I would think you know any young male in my current and that current situation was you know gunning for football, basketball, mm-hmm. whatever sport to make it to college. Right. At a young age, my dad um, he kind of instilled into me saying, "Hey, um, you need to go to college for something." Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, "Okay, you know, maybe I go to college to be a, a NASCAR driver." I, I just I, I love driving yeah you know and he was like no he's like i was like well maybe i'll do truck driving he's like no, no, no. and my dad at the time made good money like we said before yeah uh, before the the recession mm-hmm. and he's like no he's like how about you either become a nurse a doctor something in the medical field mm-hmm. and i was like uh, okay i'll figure something out mm-hmm. and 
uh, I told, well, I did some research on, you know, becoming a physician and I saw all the crazy like trauma surgeons and all the, you know, untold stories of the ER. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> I was like, I kind of like this. Yeah. Really? So then yeah. that's when that, you know, that drive for medicine came in. And when I was in high school, I took, you know, the, the health science classes. I was just going to ask you that. Did you do that yeah, in high school? It was, I loved it because. Were they like, were you able to like, you can actually take those courses at the mm-hmm. high school? Yeah. If you, if you did the full two years, cause I only did one year because of, no, if you did the full, full four years, you, um, you are able to pretty much get your CNA license, mm-hmm. which is a really? stepping stone. So what, you, what what he's referring to is the uh, the CTE classes. Yeah. That, so you have um um, it it depends on the school district. That, yeah. And they have either drafting or, or CNA or or they have um okay. the um, the auto mechanic. Yes. And things of that nature. Yes. And then after you complete high school, correct, you actually are a certified wow. uh, Microsoft, yeah. Microsoft programmer. It's almost like being dual enrolled then yes correct. you can get your correct and, it, and it's almost like a vocational okay. yeah comport component to yeah. the yeah, education yeah. So process okay i had i didn't know they had because i went to two different high schools my freshman year i went to centennial and then my uh sophomore to senior year i went to treasure coast at mm-hmm. centennial they had the you know the fire fireman firefighter right. paramedic kind of thing going on over there and then at tc you had the cna and yeah. i didn't know about it until i got to tc or treasure coast i'm sorry um and that's when I was like, oh, okay, maybe I can use this to help propel me or at least have a job when I go to college. And it right. did help me. Yeah. I just didn't get the, the certi- certification through them. Right, right. But it, it at least put in your, your head, mm-hmm. okay, I, w- your dad telling you that you needed to go or you need to think about going to college planted mm-hmm. a seed for you. It did. That then once you got into high school, you were like, okay, I got to yes. kind of focus on what I'm going to do here. And so it, I could tell you, I remember looking back in high school, or just going through high school, I was like, man, I do not like English. I do not <laughs> like history. Um, what is really, you know, my, the classes I'm passing were yeah. mostly science. Mm-hmm. Right. I took A&P in, in high school. I, I remember taking like, all these crazy science classes and I was just acing it because it was information that was relevant. And I like the information because when you think about science, it's almost like a cause and effect or at least a correlation, mm-hmm. you know, to the subject. So right. if you start from the basic cell, it leads up to certain things. You yeah. Know? So. I don't understand any of that. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. I really cannot wrap my head around any of that. Like yeah. biology was a real problem for me. Well, when <laughs> I, I got into college, it was, that was a struggle for me because it was the mm-hmm. information and how you study in college was so different from how I did it in high school. Okay. And I was like, Whoa, okay. I need to, yeah. I need to tighten up a little bit. And I sure did. Once it came to A&P and, microbiology and people one and two i was acing those things I was like, and, and you know you know what's interesting that that you mentioned that because a lot of people feel that they have to be good at everything that is true. in order to be a good student yeah. you know and for instance i love history and social studies and english like yeah. the literature part the literature aspect and understanding the stories yeah but i can i do biology yeah but it was not eh, yeah not my thing but it's interesting because you had to go through that to find out i did that that was that was uh something that you really really enjoyed yes mm-hmm. and that's what obviously now it reflects more onto my on my career now and what my goals are now because mm-hmm. n- no matter what i know my sciences is what's going to keep me 
right. or driving on forward. the trajectory that yes. you're on or the path that you're on your, your quest, my quest. <laughs> That's where it's going to keep me on because I just love it. Right. Sure. So then you, you didn't start. So you finished middle school. All that was in West Palm beach. A little bit, a little halfway. And then I came up here. And then you came up here. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to make sure I got that. Yeah. Timeline came right, up to, so. uh, seventh grade. I came up here. Okay. And then, uh, finished well, and then now I'm here you know yeah. kind of went through the hole <laughs> and to say what up here is we are in uh, we're Port- on the treasure coast we're in the treasure yes. coast in Lucy County because we're mm-hmm. you know this might actually go globally yes. so it, yes, you know we will. have to make sure we're, that everybody we're understands in a little, we're in a little town called Port St. Lucie yes, <laughs> yes. not so little it's the, the fifth well, highest actually it's pretty big yeah the, yeah, the, 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 yeah. Uh, what is it 682 square miles or it's something crazy like that. Yeah. yeah it's like the fastest uh, growing city in the state or something along those lines yeah, yeah. okay so basically you are you're, you finish high school you graduate successfully I did so what thank what, you mom. I know, right? <laughs> oh. And what ha- it's such an awesome feeling to graduate from high school. Isn't it it? Was. I think that's like the best graduation ever. It was. I definitely, my parents were definitely proud of me. Right. You know, I didn't mess up. I did it. Yeah. I did it. And now mm-hmm. it's on to the next goal, right. which was college. Okay. So and tell us about that. Now, a quick question. <laughs> were you ever able to pursue a scholarship in football? I mean, that was one of your objectives. I did have like an opportunity. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I didn't want to do it anymore because what was going on was I was getting hurt and mm. I was having like something called jumper's knee. And I was mm. just like, okay, this is getting that, ridiculous. It's sort of like tennis elbow. Yeah. I was getting yeah. ridiculous with, it was getting ridiculous just because if I'm this young and I'm getting hurt and I'm having knee problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I go, if I pursue a football career, am I going to have knee problems? Am I going to be Walking when it came by 30, you know, I yeah. was like, no. So I went into dual enrollment and then I did a dual enrollment for a little bit, but I didn't finish my degree. Mm-hmm. And once I graduated, I kind of started uh, trying to finish my degree after that point. Okay. So when I went to college, I, I attempted to go out of, you know, out of the county, maybe FAU, uh-huh. UF, all these different things. I tried. It did not work. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what were the obstacles that prevented it? It was, I wouldn't even say it was obstacles. It was just me possibly being lazy with the application because okay. I wasn't aware of it. You know, okay. my parents do, never really did it. Mm-hmm. I had certain family members that did it before and they weren't really much help in terms of trying to get into college. So I was like, right. well, I don't know what to do. So, um, my sister kind of helped me out too, but I just didn't know. I, I kind of mm-hmm. was lazy with the whole thing. Right. Um, from that point we, my dad told me to enroll into, um, community college okay get as much as you can through community college and then pursue um, a university mm-hmm. right so i went to indian river state college i wanted my undergraduate in nursing because the goal at that point in time was to say hey you you are going to be become a physician okay. i laid out the steps the whole time frame okay right. if i do my undergraduate in nursing if I apply for med school, at least I have a backup job, a really good backup job. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Because let's think about it. If you have a degree in biology, there's n- you're not, there's not much else you can really do. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and I didn't want to be in that, fall in that realm. Again, I got to make my family proud. I got to make my, my dad happy. Mm-hmm. And that was my, my goal too. Right. So I applied. I tried as hard as I could to, to get into IRC's nursing program during that time. I think it was like 2014. I tried. Right. Did not make it. Very okay. competitive program. Very. Yeah. And I was just devastated. Like, yeah. I thought the whole world was crashing. Oh, wow. Mm. You know, because, again, you, you try so hard to get in, and it's like, man, I really didn't get in? Like, are you serious? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And 
um, at the time I was doing CrossFit and I still do CrossFit. Um, someone told me, Hey, you know, since you like, since you're trying to become a doctor and you like this trauma, trauma stuff, you should probably, you know, try to become a, a firefighter. I was like, hmm. uh, so do I have the job or like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, how what do, do I do this? Tell yeah. me. How do I do Tell this? Tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> so I looked it up. I looked up how, to, well, first of all, I looked up what is a fireman? What do they do? Mm-hmm. You know, what do they see? Because again, I, like I said before, I wanted to become a trauma surgeon. Mm-hmm. I want to see the trauma. I want to help people in their lowest of the lows. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, at that point in time. Right. So I looked it up. I was like, oh, well, I think I could do this. Went to EMT school. I told my dad about it. He was like, well, if you think you could do it, do it. Mm. I'm like, okay, well, they say I can get a job after it. So I did it. I did EMT school. Then I went to fire school. Fire school was, was great. It was tough, but it was great. Right. Right. I finished. I was the class leader. You know, did the whole speech. It was <laughs> great. I was like, oh, wow. public speaking. Well, yeah, oh. did you? I know. You did it. <laughs> I did it, but it was, I was sweating bullets. <laughs> <laughs> my dad, my dad, uh, my grandpa was They must out have there. been so proud. Oh, they were proud, but they were, they could see it on me. They were like, <laughs> dude. Beads of sweat. Yeah, they were like, dude, you, you were looking bad out there. Uh-huh. I know, man. <laughs> it was a lot. It was that's a an, lot. That's a life. very emotional, it's for a parent to see their child. Oh, yeah, yeah. You it's, know, it's be all, in that position. Like my dad never cries, and I'm, but I could tell you it was one of those moments where he was just, he was almost there. Close. He was, close. <laughs> he was like, you did it. And I was like, mm-hmm. you about to cry. Oh, man. <laughs> he held so, it in. He yeah. held it in. So we, uh, I finished. So we, I graduated. I got my, uh, my fire, my, my state certified um, firefighter compliancy, whatever you want to call it. Right. I'm state certified fireman. State, okay. Right. Um, I do have my my emt and my emt now i took me six times to get it but i did it <laughs> you okay. did so it. i took That's me three times i'm sorry it took me three times to get it and it was the hardest thing i've ever done i was like dude mm. am i dumb those te- <laughs> no those <laughs> tests are so they're, they're hard, hard. Yeah. but they are but like i said before I, i'm good in sciences but there was the correlation i just didn't understand the correlation right but mm-hmm. once i understood it i was like this is easy yeah right. but I, no one teaches you that no. you have to go through it and yes I was like and nobody really even unless you take like a prep exam and i did like, i took prep exams i took everything but, but even yeah. with that those questions the they were if it doesn't click for you no. it just doesn't click and i just had to literally open a book and say hey yeah this is that you know mm-hmm. I, that's what happened mm-hmm. but so we like i said we, we finished the the whole fire fire uh epilogue and <laughs> fire epilogue, like <laughs> we we finish it or at least i finished it and now i'm thinking okay hey you know i got people from different departments saying hey we want to hire you we want to do this blah blah i'm like oh, oh man wow. i'm thinking i'm gonna get a job yeah okay two years passed by and i finally get a job <laughs> but let me tell you those those two years were rough like tell, tell us a little bit more about those two years so when you finish um if you if you ever want to do this go through um to become a firefighter EMT, at least in the state of Florida, got to go through EMT school, got to go through fire school. And then from that point, you start applying to jobs. Okay. Mm-hmm. When you apply to jobs, you're in a pool of ac- applicants. It could be up to 2000 people. Cedar of Orlando wow. on average is 2000 people. Palm Beach County, 2000 people. Yeah. Is you it know. really that much? Oh, it's, My it's, gosh. that's the top dogs, man. Wow. It, okay. It's, okay. it's where everyone wants to be. Right. Right. And when I applied or when I finished school, I had a different captains and people in high ranking places saying hey i think you should work for us mm-hmm. i'm like oh okay well 
this is this is great. Like, cool, I'll start applying. Yeah. I never got past certain points, you know, maybe it was the physical. Mind you, I'm a very physical person, but mm-hmm. I would never get an interview after the physical. Right. So I didn't know what it was. Yeah. So from start- that point, I, I was just devastated. Yeah. You know? Do you start did you start sort of self doubting and, and like those kinds oh, yeah. of things happening? Like you were like really definitely self doubting because <laughs> the fact that I thought I did everything. Right to get to that point, to mm-hmm. get into the fire service. Yeah. And it still wasn't enough. And it wasn't enough. It wasn't. Wow. So I had to, that first year I sat back and looked back at it and I was like, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. And there was a next step you can do, become a paramedic. So I said to myself, okay, if I go to paramedic school, mm-hmm. maybe I'll get hired. Mm-hmm. Maybe. So I told my dad, I said, hey, I'm going to take this leap of faith because I don't know what else to do. Right. Mind you, I, I stopped taking classes because I thought I was going to get hired right away. Yeah. Right. So that, those two years, excuse me, that first year, I didn't take any additional classes to finish my degree in nursing. Mm. I just literally just worked and tried to get into the job. Right. That second year, I went to paramedic school. That paramedic school was, it was great. It, I did, it was pretty much self-taught at the paramedic school I went to. I'm not going to bash names. I'm not even going to say the name of the school, but- <laughs> It was, if you put in what you wanted, you, you got the results. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of like a DIY. In a way, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So at the end of that, I had applied to St. Lucie County, where I work now, and Riverbury Beach. And at the time, the assistant chief of Riverbury Beach was in my paramedic class. Oh. Mm. Yeah, it was weird. That is weird. It was weird. <laughs> I was like, Dude, what are you doing here? He's like, I always wanted to be a medic. <laughs> but he's a chief so he's like i don't need i'm never gonna ride the box i'm yeah. never gonna be on the rescue but right you know at least i'm a paramedic he, now. He and i can it. understand what my um my firefighters are doing on the scene now mm-hmm. right so that's what he did it for and i remember at the end he's like draw i want you to work for river beach wow. but at the time i was so gun-ho for c2 that when i applied i actually got the job at lucy so i was like well i'm guess i'm going to c nah. i'm sorry <laughs> and i could have worked for my hometown it would have been great but yeah you know, things happen and I was like, well, I think I'm gonna stay here. Right. You know, and um from that point on, I, I've been here for now three and a half years and it's it's been pretty good so far. what is it like? What can you take us through what's it like being a firefighter? Like what is the life of the firefighter? So, I mean a lot of I know that that, you know, they picture you know you know, you are they say firefighters just sit on sofas all the time. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, I mean, no. I was and kicked that. back. Yeah, just, I, I, just keeping it real. That's what no. they say. Yeah. I know that's not true, but no. no. So. I mean, but you guys, I mean, can you take us to that? Because there's a lot of things that you guys see mm-hmm. and things that you guys are exposed to. Yeah, that the average citizen doesn't really. They don't. They 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 appreciate it, but they truly don't understand. No. Yeah. So yeah. when I first came, first and foremost, I thought it was a very slow town. Very. Mm-hmm just out in the like out west kind of slowed ordeal didn't think nothing of it you Mm -hmm. know because you never see a rescue truck okay when i started working here i understand how busy we are here Mm -hmm. it's it's it was crazy my first shift you know i had um a fire my very first shift and i was like whoa okay so this is actually happens in this in this county yeah then i had a, a serious medical call after that and it really showed me like okay this is this is what being a fireman is and Mm -hmm. it it kind of grew from there so when i start like again what i said when i started it was it was most it's uh in the in the fire department it's mostly ems Mm -hmm. it's not 
fires what you see on chicago fire and all this <laughs> stuff unless it's it, it, it could be certain areas you know it yeah. could you may have a string of fires but it's not like that everyday right. tv show where you see all these fires right. it's mm-hmm. mostly serious medical calls and people that do need ems help and people that don't need ems help i well, think that's a slight misconception that yeah. people think that all you do is fight fires but that's not no. the reality no. No, no 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 when you when you talk about people that need service and people that do not need service what do you mean by that? So there's people I I always want to put on a class about this. <laughs> people the people abuse. I feel like they abuse the, the system a little bit. You know, they think mm-hmm. that they can just call 911 and we solve all the problems. And it's not really that we solve all the problems. It's just if you don't have um, if you don't ha- you're not having a medical illness, like a serious medical illness, you should not be calling. That's what I feel. Uh, like an emergency like that a, is a life a real, life or death. Yes, there's people that call. Like, you know, the common, I have a stubbed toe or, you know, my throat is hurting. I think I have throat cancer. It's like, what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where, where, where are you getting that correlation from? You don't have the pre-diagnosis or you haven't gone to the doctor to see if you even right. had that type of ailment before. Right. And you just come up with these assumptions, you know, mm-hmm. they just read Google and think they have yeah. this, this problem. And it's like, no, like you should not be calling for that kind of stuff. Right. But there are people that need it, you know. If you can't, if, you know, the elderly that fall and, you know, they don't have anyone to help them up, mm-hmm. you know, um, anything wrong with the heart, the lungs, yeah, very bad traumas, things like that. I, I would, I like doing that stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. But the, the non-emergical, really stupid calls. Right. I can't, I, it, it irks me because yeah. it's, it's not what we're here for. Right. Yeah. And people just don't, they don't know, you know, they just don't, they're not, not competent not, the word it's not competent but just conscientious enough yes mm-hmm. to understand that there, there there's a need a real need yes and you might you are taking away that time yes for somebody that really really needs it correct where you could go into the doctor and yeah. or, or a clinic and, and, and take care of those situations if you have a perfectly working car it's like dude just, just take yourself yeah mm-hmm. uh, if you're not literally if you're not dying take yourself mm-hmm. yeah. that's what that's what i firmly believe you know but if anything's coming up and you're saying hey you know I'm having this really bad chest pain. No, definitely call us. Yeah. We'll assess you to see if, you know, anything's going mm-hmm. on. And we'll definitely recommend going to the hospital. But right. if if you're not dying and it's something very, at least to us, if it's minor, you know, just drive yourself up. Save you the bill. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Yeah. So one of the things that, that people glamorize about firefighters is that you guys work uh, 24 off, 48 off. Mm-hmm. Um can you take us to what that really is like? Because although you are 24 on, you're 24 on. Yeah, there is no break. There is no no lunch break, breakfast break, none of that. It's whenever someone calls in your area, you are gone. Mm-hmm. So my first shift when I became a fireman was one of my worst shifts mm-hmm. ever because mm-hmm. of how I wasn't used to it. When you're mm-hmm. not used to it, it's... Yeah, it it sucks. It was your and first I, shift. Yeah, so <laughs> I remember, like I said, we had the fire, we had the serious m- medical call. Every call after seven p.m. at night, it was it was serious, but almost not serious. Mm-hmm. But it was just one after just the other. One after the another. I we didn't stop until like six a.m. Wow. And wow. I was like, I'd even lay in bed. Wow. I was like, man, this this is rough. And I really contemplated. I was like, am I going to be doing this for the rest of my life? Yeah. <laughs> I was like. 24 hours man no sleep yeah. i don't know man because you know when you're a probie you're you're cleaning you're you're cooking you're doing all these different 
Um, what's what's a probie? Oh, probationary uh, firefighter. Oh. So when you're doing when you're a probationary firefighter, you clean, you you cook, you make sure everything's fueled. You're doing all the grunt work, the the work that no one else is going to do. Right. And that's just the way it is in the fire service. Right. It's paramilitary. So mm-hmm. if you're a new new incoming army um, or any par- uh, paramilitary service, you do if you're incoming and you're brand new, you do all the work. Yeah. That's just how it is at the fire department too. Right. So. And top of doing all that plus running calls, it was, it was just cruel. Yeah. It was pain, man. So, so how do you adjust? You, you just get used to it. Mm-hmm. Once you understand, like, okay, this is really twenty four hours. You you really start to like, not plan your day, but just say, hey, as soon as I get a break, I'm gonna eat. As soon as I get uh, get another break, I'm gonna use the restroom. Right. Like there, you don't wait around for anything because right. it's unexpected. Yeah, you yeah. can't call. You can't say like, oh. You know, Mrs. So and So is going to call around five p.m. Yeah, you can't say that. No, it's whenever, yeah. and you have to drop whatever you're doing to do it. You could be in the middle. You could just take your first bite of food. Yeah, boom. You got to leave. You got to go. So on that note, when you have these calls, because obviously you don't always have calls that are just kind of like, oh, okay, they're yeah emergency, but not so emergency. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that you've had calls where you've had to go out and really experience. Or go through a really traumatic experience or go through that process as a yes. paramedic to yes. save somebody's life or yeah. perhaps lose somebody on your sh- Like, has that happened to you? Yes. And what was and that like? I, I won't go into detail about the call, mm-hmm. but it's just that that took a toll on me mentally yeah. because of how I saw the patient and I really wanted to help. I was angry at the, it was an MVC. I was angry at one person. I couldn't be angry. You have to be unbiased when, mm-hmm. you're, a par- when you're working in the field. And I, I I didn't not saying I let the my emotions get the better of me, but I said, hey, you know what? Let me just walk away from this gentleman and focus on the one that really needs attention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when I started to get to work, I started to realize like how bad she, injured she was. And one after another, you know, we're, we're trying to save her at this point, trying to get her out of the car, trying to save her, and being with her from the time that the accident happened to we got to the hospital. My mindset. I, that's like one of those another another moment where I was like it just opened up for me like mm-hmm. wow I can't believe this actually happened I can't believe I couldn't do more to save her mm-hmm. you know or, or you know just yeah just do more to save her I, I really want to save her that was the one person one patient I felt like no I'm saving this one and I couldn't I felt again in that moment useless like what am I doing mm-hmm. you know and I had to talk to you know I had a, we had a little conversation at the station and like saying like hey what could we done better and I don't even know what I could have done better. Like I did everything, mm-hmm. you know, I even had a, a, a trainer, well, a paramedic apprentice, which is someone who's working under me to try to become a paramedic. Okay. And I had him with me and I was like, Hey man, this is a bad call and I got to take it over. I can't let you take the, or run this call because right. of how serious it is. Yeah. I, I need to just be my help. Don't ask questions. Right. Just, do what I say yeah. and we tried our best and it, it it was just unfortunate that it ended with her death mm-hmm. you know I tried I tried my best and it, yeah. it, it really hurt me yeah so yeah. How, how do you I mean again it's like in this in this particular profession that there, there's a high level of alcoholism yep, yep. Uh, a high level of suicide as well yep. and yep. depression and things of that nature how are you able to cope with this with this with these things that on a regular basis that are completely outside of your control of course so 
what I try to say to a lot of, you know, incoming firemen and people in general is just, you got to talk. Like, mm-hmm. you can't be this whole manly, like my dad, you can't be this old G. Like, yeah. oh, I'm going to keep it in and, and I'm not going to say anything about it. Yeah. Bottling it up isn't no, healthy. Because when you bottle it up, you're going to take, you're going to, again, revert to alcohol or you're going to revert to something yeah. mm-hmm. to ease that mind or that pain or wherever, how you're feeling. Right. You know, numb the, numb the feeling. Right. I always kind of preach like i'm gonna talk about it like man i didn't like the way that worked you know i I just i felt useless i I just keep talking about it until i feel good about it yeah and thankfully i have someone like my girlfriend to talk to about Mm -hmm. or my my dad Mm -hmm. or um you know just someone just to talk to yeah because i can't go through a situation and not talk about it i have to like it's just one of my coping mechanisms, mm-hmm. and for someone who doesn't have that coping mechanism, mechanism, it's hard. I can imagine it's even harder because you're going to revert to some type of maybe drug or yep. um, alcohol, mm-hmm. you know, to numb the pain. Yeah, you know? or they end up taking those things out on the people that they care about if they have loved ones or whatnot. That's it affects every area of your life. It's yes. like a it's yeah. like a cancer, so to speak. It does because again, firemen see the worst of the worst of people. Correct. Yeah. yeah. You really do. We go inside people's homes and you may think it's all nice and pretty. And until you really see what's behind closed doors and you're like, mm-hmm. okay, this is bad. Yeah. And have you seen this, um, um, that statement that you just mentioned, it goes across all demographics, all oh. economic. Yeah. So it's not really a certain type of people. No, no. That I used to think like that. Okay. Because obviously I'm, I'm from the hood. Mm-hmm. And I used to think like, okay, maybe, you know, you have some nicer houses, but you have like, it's mostly lower income people, mo- lower income blacks mm-hmm. that have, you know, lasting homes. So I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, we kind of had that, but we're better now. Mm-hmm. And seeing that up here where it doesn't matter what demographic right. or what ethnicity you are, seeing that it's like, no, anyone can have mm. anything. You can, you can, you could be a hoarder in this house, you know, with all you know you may go into a nice community and you may have all the pristine white fences and things like that you go behind that closed door it's a hoarder house hoarder yeah. house yeah, yeah. So. and a whore house sometimes too <laughs> Not a whore house. could be a whore house too girl house whore house hey you know it's like they don't walk the streets anymore they go somewhere you see, you see it all right yeah I mean. you do and it's like i said it's unfortunate you know yeah. you get to see people in their lowest of lows and you just have to be there sometimes it may be every other shift you, you're there but mm-hmm. Yeah. That's just how it in is. a lot of cases too, I think, uh, coming from the, um, the, the, not the victim, but the patient aspect, they're looking to you as a person that is, you know, gonna, you're, you're there to help me. Yes. You know what I mean? You're here to protect me. Yes. So, so honorable job. It's Thank an you. honorable profession. Thank so. you. One last question before we, we terminate this, this, this portion mm-hmm. and not terminate. No, you don't like the word terminate. <laughs> I don't like terminate. No, <laughs> no. Why not? Ask the question. <laughs> oh, wow. you trying to ask me the question? No, I want to ask him, ask but him. now it's like I'm thrown off because, like, you know, a terminate. See how easily the I get terminator. to this guy? Uh, yeah, the terminator. terminator. <laughs> right. I'll be back. Let's party. Anyway, sorry. Very quick question. Very quick question. So, up to this stage in your life, you've seen so much. You know, you went to the... Uh, uh, the dependency of, of of growing up with your dad, with your mom, with all those issues and all that stuff, and you 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 transition uh, uh, as a young man, finding your career, finding 
a, a place that you belong. What is the thing that you take from this first part of your journey of your quest? What is the biggest lesson that you get from this? That's a that's a hard question. What do I take back? <laughs> Good one. I, I think what I mostly like, what I at least what I'm going to say is that I'm always going to persevere for what I want mm -hmm. because those two years of me not working or not working as a fireman, I really wanted that job and not having that job, I wanted it. Mm -hmm. So that is one of those things I'm going to say, hey, you know, I'm going to persevere for what I want. The second thing I'm also going to add to that is I'm going to live my life. I'm going to mm. have fun. I can't go through life being sad. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, worrying about certain things. Even with my mom, I'm still trying to be happy. I can't, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, be all angry and negative, even though sometimes I may mm -hmm. be, I just mm -hmm. don't want to, Right. you know, it's not my, I don't want that outlook on my life. Good. You know? Yeah, and that's good. That's, yeah, that's, that's really about it. Well, Excellent. That's Excellent. a good way to end. <laughs> well, thank you very Terminate. much. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for being with us here today. Thank Jarell. you. Thank you guys so much. Please join us for the next episode or the next part of Jarrell's interview.